what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll start reading in verse 19. It says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. Notice how the Apostle Paul here, he said, when he says, I've made all things to all men, his purpose for this that he's talking about is winning people to Christ. The Apostle Paul, for sure, is probably the greatest example of a soul winner that we have in the Bible. And one of the things he mentions here is like, I made all things to all men. He was willing to put himself in difficult situations, things that were out of his element, if that's what it took for him to be able to reach people with the gospel. And so what I want to preach about this morning is keeping yourself flexible, okay? keeping yourself flexible. And that word flexible, it doesn't just mean, you know, you're able to bend your body and do all kinds of weird things like that. I'm not flexible when it comes to those kind of things, but it basically means, um, uh, you know, moldable, you know, like clay in the hands of a potter instead of being hardened or stiff neck. That would be like the biblical version. We want to be people that God can mold, that God can use however he wants. He can put us in any situation and we're going to be fine. We're not going to be broken. We want to be, uh, you know, one of the definitions is susceptible of modification or adaption. So, uh, you know, we want, we want to be somebody that knows how to adapt in different things. And I'm preaching this this morning as kind of a preventative maintenance message because of the fact that you know, there's things are about to change around here a little bit. You know, you're all going to have to find new seats pretty soon. Uh, you're not, you know, you all got your comfort spots here. You know, you're all, everybody, you know where you're going to sit. You know where you're going to park. You know, we've all got our little routines when we come to church. We know how things work around here. But now we're about to rock everyone's world and we're about to move to another location. And you are, and things are going to be different. And you're going to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Now, at the end of the day, I think with this new location, we're all going to actually be a little more comfortable especially on temperature and stuff. You know, they got central air over there and all these wonderful things. But anyway, uh, you know, parking's going to be better over there. No more parking in a lake, hallelujah. You know, or change, right? You know, we're going to do, and we're always, things are always going to be changing. And we need to be able to be adaptable. You know, some people, they get in such a rut, they get, they get so stuck on a certain routine, you change anything, they're just done. They quit. You know, I, I'm out of here. And I talked to a pastor here in town one time, and he was talking about how, there was another pastor took over this church, and the church needed remodeling. And it had this ugly paneling on the platform, and the pastor said, hey, you know, we need to change this. One of the old dudes in the church came up to me. He's like, he's like, I put, he's like, I, you were in diapers when I hung that paneling, and the day that paneling goes, I go. And that pastor listened to the old guy, and I'd have just been like, see you later. You know, I love you, but man, that's a horrible attitude. But anyway, you know, some people just can't handle anything. And we ought to be flexible. But, you know, we're not, it's not a part of the American culture to be flexible. I mean, look how we are with temperature. Okay? We complain in the summer. We complain in the winter. We've all got climate control and everything. We can't even travel from one place to another. We've got air conditioning in our vehicles. we got it in our houses. You know, we're in our workplace. And if we have to sweat at any point of the day, at any point of the year, we all think we're victims. You know, and we all think we should get paid hazard pay for our jobs because we're required to sweat a little bit. You know, look at... 
Look at the luxuries that we have in this country that aren't, aren't enough. You know, our Wi-Fi goes down and we think we're living little house on the prairie. You know, <laughs> last night, uh, one of our fuses blew in our house. We got, and this happens every once in a while, like half the electricity goes out in our house. And it was panic. And, and all the stores were closed. You know, by the time this happened, I can't go buy these things. And, you know, I mean, we were having like a crisis. You know, everybody's panicking. All of a sudden, you know, all, you know everybody just kind of gathers to the living room, you know, where the electricity's at. You know, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no, I mean, we can't do anything except exist. And, and, you know, with only half electricity in the house. You know, we still had lights and everything. But, you know, it was a big crisis. And thankfully, I got a hold of United Electric. And shame, you know, let me do a plug for United Electric. A guy came out to the place and gave me fuses uh, that I can use. And check this out. He trusted me to just come back Monday and pay for it when they're open. <laughs> he, no, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it. All right? that, I really appreciate the fact that they did it. That was, that was a blessing because, you know, we were able to do, enjoy all our modern conveniences today. You know, and, uh, but we were victims last night for a little bit. And that's just how we are. You know, look at the way we are with fast food. It takes more than five minutes for us to get our food. We're all throwing a big hissy fit. You know, look how we are. You know, we're just when it comes to traveling. You know how easy traveling is today compared to back in the old days when they had to cross rivers and, you know, go on a wagon and things like that? I mean, it's just amazing what we have, and yet we are a country full of professional victims. We have more mental disorders today than we've ever had before. Even though we've got all these things going for us, why is it? We just have no flexibility. We're not able to adapt to anything. What's one of the biggest crises we're facing in the world right now? Climate change. Hey, you know what? Sometimes things change. You know, not all the deserts that weren't always deserts. You know, there's a lot of places that used to be underwater. Climates change. And you know what people always did when climate changed? They moved somewhere else. They went somewhere else. That's what we're, that's what we might have to do. If the polar ice caps melt, you know what? You don't have to just stand there in New York and drown. You know what you could do? You could leave and move further inland. You know, all the animals will do that, but all the humans are just going to drown. <laughs> just listen to them in the news media. They're all going to drown there and die. We don't know how to adapt in this country, and we need to know how to do this. And you know what? I hate to bring this up, okay? I hate to bring this up and hear me out on what I'm about to say, all right? But... Did you know if there's a pandemic going on, we should be able to adapt a little bit. Y'all understand that? Okay, now, okay, I get it. I, I get it. Our government is full of stinking liars that have cried wolf too many times. Okay? I get it. Every election year, there's the threat of a pandemic. It's just this time, you know, something actually happened. Okay? So I, I get it that we're skeptical and we don't want to fall, I, you know, but at the same time, there should be some things we should be able to do. You know, and I'll even say this too, okay, we should be capable of, you know, doing things that are a little uncomfortable, like wearing a mask and stuff like that, if it's needed, okay? Now, here's, if we want to have a debate about where it's needed, hey, let's have that debate, okay? If you really think we need that in Walmart, you know, and all these places, you know, I don't think we do. I wore one at the hospital the other day. I didn't complain about it at all. It's a hospital. Sick people are there. You know, so of course, you know, that makes sense. And yeah, it was a discomfort to my face. But you know what? I'll adapt in that situation because I really wanted to go visit this person and be a blessing. So, and the thing is, I get it. We've got two problems going on right now. This is, this is the mask problem right now. We have 
a people, a culture of people who don't know how to adapt to anything, and we have a government that constantly lies to us and is constantly trying to take our rights. So it's like, what do we do? You know, I know we should be adaptable, but I don't want to be duped. I don't want to be a sheep. You know, and so it's, you know, it, it's, it's a tough situation, right? It's a really tough situation. And I've got my opinions on it. Okay. And trust me, I got my opinions on it. You know, but the truth is, you know, if it's as serious as they say, we should be willing to do some stuff. We should be willing to adapt a little bit. Are we going to cut singing out of our services? No. Okay. You know, are we going to do that? You know, obviously, you know, they're, they're ruining their credibility too by just doing some of these extreme measures that don't make any sense at all. So again, you know, there's made, there's major fault on both sides. Okay. Americans don't want to adapt and our government's a bunch of stinking liars that you can't trust with anything. They want us to, th- you know, because you know, why do you, why would you listen to the people trying to educate us on our health when they're for abortion, homosexuality, you know, all this stuff that they're pushing, you know, that all these doctors that are just giving all these drugs to just anybody who wants them, you know, the, the government that just legalized marijuana, you know, they want to tell me about my health, you know what, leave me alone. But again... If we had a real life, you know, situation where there was proper government doing their proper role in the proper place, we should be able to adapt to some things. That's just called being flexible. It's it's a pain sometimes, but sometimes we are we are going to be asked to do things that aren't comfortable. You better believe the Apostle Paul was asked to do some things that weren't comfortable. We could talk a lot about him and some of the things that he went through. And so, you know, this is you know these things are important because you know the year 2020, a lot of things are changing. A lot of things are just out of our control. And you know what? Let me say this too. You know, go ahead and fight the change. But you know, at some point we're all gonna have to just move forward and live life. But I will say too, I do love Patriots and I thank God for Patriots. You know what? I'm there's some things I'm not gonna do, but I'm glad the Patriots go, okay? I'm not gonna go and let the police arrest me because I won't wear a mask in Walmart. But if somebody else does it, I'll be cheering them on, you know. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll be encouraging the, the authorities to let them out of jail, you know, because, you know, those people are fighting for my rights. OK, and so I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the patriots who fought the Border Patrol people and said, we're not going to let you. You know, I'm not going to give you my information. This isn't, you know, Nazi Germany. I'm thankful for that. I probably wouldn't have done that, but you better believe I'm thankful for those who did. You know what? And so I'm thankful for I'm thankful for soldiers, too, who fought battles that I don't want to fight. I'm thankful for that. You know, I get it. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. God gives us everything. But you know what? We can still say thank you to the people that God uses. You know, if my if my uh, kids, if I give my kids a present for their birthday, you know, and then, you know, obviously it would be polite for them to say thank you. If I say, you know, you should, are you going to say thank you? No, I only thank God. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. You didn't give me nothing. You know that's how people kind of are in Christianity when they don't want to thank soul. You know, if a fireman comes and saves me, pulls me out of the fire, I'm not thanking you. It was a soul winner that pulled me out of the fire. You know, no, you can thank the fireman too, all right? Don't be afraid to thank people who do good things. And you know what? Those people out there that are protesting a lot of this stupid stuff, hey, let's thank them for it. You know, you be, let's be nice. You don't have to do it. But if you want to fight with them too, I guess it's your choice. But at some point too... You know, our main focus, especially as a church, you know, is advancing the gospel 
doing the work of the Lord, you know, not necessarily preserving America, American Constitution, things like that. And as an individual, go for it. But as a church, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on stuff like that, and we might have to, you know, adapt to some things a little bit, as long as it doesn't get us to violate God. You know, we're not going to shut down church and, you know, let them uh, tell us how to run our services and things like that. We're not going to do that, but, you know, it's okay to, you know, thank people for the patron I am. I'm thankful. And so this character trait of flexibility, though, it's something, it's very important that we have it in the Christian life, and really it's important across the board. And so what I want to do, what I want to briefly do in this message is uh, you know, we're going to look at, you know, soul winning is kind of the example that we're going to use when it comes to winning people to Christ. But I believe we can take these same principles and you can use them in every area of your life, even in business. You know, when it comes to your career, when it comes to making money, you can take these principles and you can use them in your life and they'll help you be successful. Because the Apostle Paul was, he was a success when it came, when it came to uh, soul winning, when it came to spiritual things. And so first off, notice one of the reasons the Apostle Paul was probably the greatest soul winner that there was is the Apostle Paul was not tied down by anything. That's why he was as flexible. He wasn't tied down by anything. Look what it says in verse 19. It says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant to all that I might gain the more. The Apostle Paul had nobody that had anything that could slow him down. You know, he wasn't in debt to anybody. He also, another thing too, you know, the Apostle Paul, he didn't have any family tying him down. Okay? Now, Listen, there's a lot of things that tie us down that aren't bad things, okay? So, for example, have you ever heard anybody call their wife the old ball and chain? All right, now what does that mean? It means I can't go bowling tonight because, you know, uh, my wife, and somebody just asked me about going bowling. That literally, I, that wasn't on purpose. Uh, I didn't do it. And it wasn't because of my wife. She probably let me. But, <laughs> but, um, but you know, we, you know, we, that, you know, we say we got the old ball and chain. Well, you know that in many ways that's biblical, that's biblical in many ways, because look what it says in 1 Corinthians 7.25, just a couple chapters earlier. It says, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that obtaineth mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that it is good for this present distress, I say it is good for a man so to be. Okay, for, Let me just get this you know, ahead of time for the MGTOW crowd. For that present distress, in that present day, in that situation, he's saying this is a good time to not be married. That's what he was saying because they were under a lot of persecution. This was a very difficult time. So he said, I suppose, um, or art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Notice we're bound. To, when you get married, you are in the bonds of holy matrimony. Therefore, if you want to refer to your wife as the old ball and chain, that doesn't sound real good, but it's biblical in many ways. You are bound to your wife. You're supposed to give honor unto her as unto the weaker vessel. You know, you're supposed to consult her in things, and you should care about what she thinks. And so, you know, if you just decide, hey, you know what, I want to have a golfing marathon, and I'm just going to golf from sun up to sun down, you know, and, you, and I'm the head of the house, you know, who cares what my wife thinks? No, you actually should care about what your wife thinks, because, you know, you're bound under that wife. And if you just decide you're going to go and give yourself vacations and do all these things, you're creating a great deal of work for the weaker vessel. So it, you're not going to be able to do things that other people would do. But it's like, well, what if it's spiritual things? I just want to go on this missions trip. I'm going to go on this, you know, I'm, you know, fine. I'm not going to go on a golfing marathon, but I'm going to go on a soul winning marathon. And my wife's got nothing to say about it. I know she's nine months pregnant now and she's about to have a baby at any time. 
But you know what? I'm not allowed in the hospital anyway. And you know what? She can, you know, she, she'll be fine by herself. I'm going on this spiritual trip because it's for soul winning, so it's okay. Now, you know, if you're married, you probably shouldn't do that. Okay? You probably should get, you know, I don't want, you know, don't take this term wrong, but permission. It's called just giving honor as under the weaker vessel. Okay? It's, it's real easy for you to just run off and do things, but you got, you're married, you have kids. So, you know, if person though who's not married, who doesn't have kids, they can do that stuff. I mean, when you're not married, you can just say, you know what? I'm going to go and I can spend, you can spend all your money on whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. You don't have those, those responsibilities. So you know who's going to be able to do more in that area? The one who's not married. Now, you're not in sin if you get married. You're not in sin if you start having kids. But, you know, you are going to be tied down somewhat. You're going to lose some flexibility. And so when I'm talking about, you know, keeping your flexibility, there are things that it's okay if it takes away. You know, there are good things. It is good to get married. It's good to have kids. But you won't be able to do like the Apostle Paul did. And the Apostle Paul was able to do what he did because he didn't have anything tying him down. And so I do. I believe wife and kids are worth it. But apart, you know, me being married, I'm not as flexible as somebody who's unmarried. And so your lack of flexibility in area, it doesn't mean you're in sin. It just means you have greater challenges. So, you know, some single person, if they want to be the patriot and go to jail over the mask thing, you know, they can do that if they want. Me, I need to think about the fact that, you know, I got wife and kids, too, that I got to take care of. So it's like it's probably not a good choice for me to do that. And, but at the same time, if it's my desire, if it's in my heart to be a patriot and to just fight for the rights of this country, you know, all that, you know, if, if that's my desire, if that's what's in my heart, you know, I should probably think about these things before I start doing stuff that's going to make it difficult, you know, that's going to... You know, I, if I just decide to, I want to be a martyr. That's a good thing, right? Isn't being a martyr good? Well, chances are me getting martyred in the United States are pretty slim right now. But what if I was like, well, you know what? I want to be a martyr. I'm going to Iran, and I'm going to start preaching the gospel. And I'm preaching hard. I'm going to go hold signs saying Muhammad was a pedophile out there just because I want to get martyred. And, you know, you can't say anything against that because that's martyrdom. That's good. I'm going to get a special crown in heaven. But, you know, most of you would probably have a problem with that because, wait a minute, you really shouldn't be doing that. You're married. You have kids. You need to think about them, too, because it's not just you. It's not just you anymore. And so I'm, I'm saying all this to say while keeping our flexibility is good, we do need to understand things that are going to take that away. And some of these things are not bad. It is not bad. But if you are in that situation, you need to understand the situation that you are in. You don't get to go and just ditch your family so you can be a missionary and a full-time soul winner somewhere. That's messed up. You don't have that ability to just do that, to just quit your job. No, you've got the responsibilities you've got to take care of. But the Apostle Paul, he, he didn't have to worry about these things. He chose not to be married. And he could have. He talked about it earlier in this chapter. We're not going to go over it. He talked about people like Peter who did have a wife. Paul said, I could do this, but he had chosen not to. And so the same thing applies, too. If your goal in life is to make money, you know, the more wife, you know, if you have a wife, the more kids you have, the harder it's going to be to do that, isn't it? You know, because you don't have as much flexibility. You know, but again, I, you know, you got to make that choice. I think the wife and kids are worth it. 
You know, I, I think I'm better off with them. And I'm not, we don't have time to go through all of 1 Corinthians 7. But the Apostle Paul, he talked about, you know, not everybody has that ability to stay single. Not everybody has that gift. And, and he goes on to talk about how important it is to flee fornication, you know. And so to flee, to avoid fornication, you know, have your own wife. And so, you know, some of us, you know, we wouldn't do well by ourselves, you know, without being married. And, you know, that's fine. So you get married, you're not in sin when you do that. But, you know, you're not going to be as flexible. Okay, married Married men with children, okay, don't try, you know, competing with the single guys on some things. They're going to beat you, okay? And it's not a competition anyway, but they're going to beat you. They don't have things tying you down. That's why, you know, some of these, you know, IFB punks online that are always running their mouths, these single guys that I get aggravated with, you know, I don't, while well, well, I get annoyed at the mouth because we're all annoyed by the arrogant, they never make me feel bad because it's like, if I was single, you know, I would be able to do, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm married. I have seven kids. You know, so congratulations on your flexibility. But, you know, I, I don't have that. Okay. And, and not everybody does. You don't need to make them feel bad for it. So, you know, for example, too, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, in, in another way I'm not flexible, I feel like I'm tied down to this area. Okay. Now, what's tying me down? Well, one, you all are tying me down to this area. There's been many times I've felt like, you know what, I'd rather pastor in a warmer climate. But it's like, you know, I got all these people around here that I care about that I feel, that need me. And so it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm tied down. But, you know, my, my wife and kids, it wouldn't affect just me. It would affect my whole family. I have extended family that all live in Illinois. I don't want, so I don't want to move out of Illinois. I don't want to move far away, even though I hate winter sometimes. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tied down. And I have a desire, someday, I have a desire to go to different places where there's churches that need to get started and just kind of help a church get started, train somebody, ordain them, and then move on and go somewhere else. I know a lot of places right now that could use that. But I can't do that. You know why? Because I'm tied down. I don't have that flexibility. And so it's not for me. God may call somebody else to do that, or he may have me do it later after my kids are growing up and out of the house and I'm, I'm not as tied down. But then I might be tied down with all my grandkids. I don't, I'm not going to want to leave them unless they move all over the country. And then guess where the magical places are that are going to need pastors or churches start? You know, that's probably the place I'm going to go. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. That's a long way off. But at the same time, you know, some people are going to be better than us at other things because they are more flexible. And it doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It doesn't mean you're in sin. But what we don't want to do is add things in our life to tie us down that aren't profitable. You know, you don't want to go, like, if, if, you know, those in here that want, that uh, men that want to start a church someday, I don't recommend you go running up a bunch of debt right now. I don't re recommend that you go and buy a house that's just way out of your price range you know, that's going to just tie you down. You know, I think you need to make wise choices. And if you do buy a house or something, which is fine, buy something that's a good investment. Buy something that you could easily sell someday. You know, don't go, you know, don't go running up credit card debt and all that. You know, you need to do whatever you can to keep yourself flexible. And that's what I did too. When I wanted to start a church someday, and that was what we did. We made sure we, we paid off all our debt and we saved money because we didn't know what was going to happen. If we moved away and started a church. And so we did. We, we got rid of, we, and it took us a few years to get where we were there. We got rid of everything that was tying us down. 
And sometimes, too, it can be stuff. You know, I get overwhelmed just thinking about moving to a different house sometimes, all the junk we've got. And, you know, and if you're going and buying bass boats and all these other things like that, it's going to be harder for you to do these things. So you got to decide what you really want and try to keep that flexibility there, keep the, keep things from tying you down that you don't need. Okay, Wife and kids, that's fine. You know, said, I don't think it's wrong for me to get died down to a church that the Lord had me start. You know, I don't think I'm, I'm not in sin by that, but I'm not as flexible either. And I and so it's not always a bad thing. But if I'm stuck in this area because I just owe the mortgage company so much money and I can't get away because I'm in debt, that's bad. That that's a sin in that situation. I don't believe that God's going to bless that. So turn over to uh, look at verse 20 of First Corinthians 9. So Paul was successful because he wasn't tied down. So just don't tie yourself down with unnecessary things. Don't tie yourself down with sinful things. And the things that do have you tied down that are good, okay, don't seek to be loose from those things. Okay, don't divorce your wife so you can you know be a full time soul. You know, don't don't go and be a deadbeat and not provide for your children so you could donate more money to missions. Okay? That would be wicked to do that. You'd be a sorry, pathetic loser if you do that. And but you know, there's some in here. I mean, if you're single, I mean, if you wanted. And I'm not recommending you do this. And I don't think a single person, I wouldn't do this if I was single. But if you're single, if you wanted, you could literally get a tent and move out in the woods somewhere so you can ha- just have more money to give to the church and give 90% of your income to the church. You could do that. Now, if I did that, you don't think I'm a sorry person. If I'm making my wife and kids live out in a tent, say, I can't do that. But if you're sick, you can if you want. If you desire that. Okay? Now, I doubt anybody's going to desire that. But I think, do you all get the point that I'm trying to make here? Alright, so I, th- I think we all get that. So, now look at verse 20. This is where he says, And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. He's Whenever he, Paul would go to an area, he would put himself in a situation that would be most profitable to help him reach people. So, for example, here in chapter 9, we see with these people, he was working for them free and without charge. He was not charging them for the work that he was doing because for whatever reason, the situation that he was in, he felt it would hinder the work of the Lord if he was getting paid. He might have thought, you know what, if I get paid for this, people might think the wrong thing because maybe they had a bunch of uh, you know, false religion preachers out there that were living living it up. You know, they had the Kenneth Copelands and their private airports and things out there, and he didn't want to look like that. He didn't want to associate himself with that. So he's working free of charge. Now, this this is a great thing, but you know what? Paul could do that, again, because he was single. He didn't have a wife and kids to provide for, but he told him, I could do that if I wanted to. I mean, other apostles have done this very thing. He's like, I could, but... Paul was successful here because he was able to be flexible in a way that some of us couldn't. I couldn't do that. But the Apostle Paul, he was able to do that. And so we've got to understand, we sometimes need to be adaptable. And so in other words, if, you know, I don't like the cold, but i got to learn how to deal with the cold if I'm going to pastor in Illinois. You know, there's a lot of things about the state that I don't like. I don't like overreaching government. But if I'm going to pass, if I'm going to pastor in Illinois, I got to deal with overreaching government sometimes. You know, some of y'all, you, you know, uh, you know, if, if you, or 
Lord calls you to start a church in you know down south somewhere. You better be able to handle heat. You better be able to handle snakes. You know, if God calls you to go to Africa, you better be able to handle some things. You need to be. You have to be able to be adaptable to those things. And many people, they go and it's like they'll go to these mission fields and then they get out there and they find out it's difficult. They find out there's challenges. They find out there's big bugs. They find out there's all these things. It's like, I quit. We're done. Hey, if you're going to reach these people, you've got to be able to live in what they live in. You've got to be able to adapt to that. And the Apostle Paul was able to do that. You've got to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. Jesus told the disciples in John 16, 1, these are the things that I've spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God a service. That's not a comforting thought. Wait, people are going to try to kill us if we do this? Talk about getting, being asked to get out of your comfort zone. That's exactly what the, Jesus told, told the disciples. You're going to go through some difficult times, and we need to be willing to, to do that. We need to be willing to endure difficulties. We need to be willing, and we need to be able to handle a little bit of persecution. We need to be able to handle some tough. You know, some toughness. And so we, what do we do? We prepare ourselves for these things. You know why we don't give up and we don't quit when we get persecuted by, you know, just the homos online? Because one of these days, we believe Antichrist is going to be trying to kill us. And so it's like, you know what? We better learn how to handle this stuff. We better learn how to stand up to these things right now. You know, when the, when the government's trying to tell us, you know, when we can have church and how we can have church, we should probably stand up to that now. That way we can prepare ourselves to handle when they're telling us to bow the knee to bail. We're trying to toughen ourselves up. Why? Because the tougher we are, the more we can handle. And I want to be able to handle the difficulties. I want to be able to, if I have to, lay my head down on the chopping block. I want to be able to do that so I, can, I better not get too married to this world. I better not get too married to being loved by the world. Yeah, I better not do that. I better not go Pastor Trendy's route. If my goal is to just be the most loved guy in this community, it's not going to go well when I have to start making some of the tough stands. I'm going to undo all that I worked for. And so, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to tie myself down with that junk. I'm not going to do that because I want to be ready when the difficulties come. We need to be willing to do things we've never done. You know, there's going to be things around the church that some, maybe... Needs to be done. Maybe that I ask you to, you've never done before. You know, we've got to learn how to do that stuff. You know, when it comes to sewing, a lot of people, they've never, you know, they've never done it before. You know, you got to just learn how to do it. You just got to start doing it. Don't wait until you're comfortable. And you're going to be uncomfortable when you do these things. You know, everybody's uncomfortable. Everybody's scared to death the first time they knock on a door. That's just, that's human nature. But you know what you do? You overcome it. You just do it anyway. Why? Because we've got to be able to handle these things. We need to be willing to learn new things. We need to be willing to you know, put in the work that it takes. You need to be willing to even go backwards in certain areas. In Philippians 3, 7, the Apostle Paul said, What things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yet, yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. The Apostle Paul, he lost a lot when it came to serving Christ. But you know what? He was willing to lose it. And there's some of you in here, you've got a lot. God's given you a lot, but you're not willing to lose it. You can't do the right thing. You can't do what God wants you to do because you've got too much stuff you're worried about losing. Hey, you're better off not having the stuff. 
The best thing you could do is be in God's will. And some people, they just can't adapt to anything. And so new laws, new challenges come along, new laws come along. They're done. You know, it's over for them. And one of these days, we might have to go back to tribulation protocol level two. We did. We, we, we went from level one to two really fast, didn't we? Thankfully, we didn't have to go to level three. But one of these days, we're going to have to go to level three. Right now, we're not on any protocol. Hallelujah. But one of these days, we might have to go back to that. And you know what? When we went to, level, when we went to protocol level two, we had to adapt, didn't we? We had to start, you know, parking in different places to not make it obvious that we were here. You know, we had, we had, there, was, there was things that we had to do that, you know, weren't really comfortable. You know, and it, it, you know it's, it's not comfortable even just going to church knowing people are looking down on you for it. Just get, having a bad attitude about it. And acting like you're just the worst people in the world just trying to kill everybody. You know, but so we got to be willing to do some of that stuff. We've got to be willing to put up with these things. And so then last, I'll just briefly cover this. You need to be, you need to get your body in subjection. It's, notice what it says in verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. The Apostle Paul's goal, we saw earlier in the passage, it was winning people to Christ. So he adapted. He, wherever he, whatever he needed to do, whatever situation he needed to be in, he would do that. And he's like, I'm going to get my body under subjection because I don't want to be rejected by people. I don't want to be cast away. I don't want people to just throw out what I'm saying. I want them to hear what I'm saying and I want them to accept it. And so he's like, I'm going to get my body under subjection. And let me tell you, part of the American culture is our bodies are not in subjection very well. I mean, think about this. We are the most narcissistic, self-obsessed, just materialistic. It's all about the image. Okay, we're about all those things. It's all about image. I mean, we are as vain as vain can be, speaking as a whole in our country, right? But yet, when it comes to looks and vanity, we also struggle as much as any other country too. Why? Because we've got all these just wonderful things like little Debbie snacks and fast food and you know soda that's just all over the place that our flesh just loves. And so, even though we all know what we need to do to, you know, get us looking the way that our vanity wants us to look, okay, we still just give our body whatever it wants. And we just, we eat the trash. And we love it. And we watch the television instead of exercising. You know, we, we do, we have all these things to stop us from sweating, you know, that would help us lose weight. You know, we, we've got all these things that are out there and we, we can't say no to nothing. You can determine right now, I'm going to go on a diet. And then you're going to see those donuts back there. Uh, we'll, start, we'll start later this afternoon. You know, it just, no, we have no ability to control ourselves. And you know, truth is, the will of God may take you to places someday that doesn't have very good food. You might have to go deal with some difficult climates. You might, God might want you to go somewhere where you're going to have to be in good physical condition to survive. And you know, there's some people that can't do it. There's some people that physically couldn't do some of these things, you know, and not just because of their age or anything, just because they've just trashed their body, you know, which you, you ought to 
Try to do what you can, stay in shape so you can be adaptable, so you can do more. So you have more options. You have There's more things. You're having, you know, the, the better physical condition you're in, the better mental condition you're in, the more knowledge that you have, you know, that's more things that you can do. You know what that's called? That's called being flexible. But some of us, it's like we just got one thing we can do. And if something happens where that goes away, you're done for. If your only ability that you have in life is your ability to sell typewriters, you're in trouble now because there's not a market for that anymore. You know, and you, you, you're going you're to have to learn something new. And there's a lot of people out there, they have no ability to adapt to anything, and that's not what God wants. You know, God, we need to be flexible. And so all these things are challenges, though, just because we love our flesh too much. We're like Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Yeah, he regretted it. He, he cried about it, but it was too late. And so we ought to keep these things in mind. And so especially for the young people in here, all right? Young people especially, hear me out on this. Take care of your body. That's just more you're going to be able to do. Cram all the knowledge that you can in your mind. That's more you're going to be able to do. And, you know, and, and just try to keep that flexibility. Try to give yourself options. That, that's more that you're going to be able to do for God, and you need to start this stuff out while you're young. And if you just have this burning desire to just, as young men, to just travel the world and be a soul winner all over the world, you know, keep that in mind before you go getting a ball and chain. I'm, I'm thankful for my ball and chain. I don't want to get rid of it. You know, it, it's, it's worth it's worth dragging around. All right. But it, 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 that sounds terrible, but I mean it. I, I mean it. It's totally, it's totally worth it because, you know, that's where my heart's at. That's what I desire more. I desire that more than I desire some of these other things. But what, what I'm seeing is you have other people, they desire, they desire these other things too that are spiritual, but then they're willing to sacrifice their wife and kids for it. That's messed up. You don't have that ability to do that. But if you do have that ability right now, if you're young and single, you know what? Take advantage of those things and enjoy it. Enjoy that ability that you have to do these things because, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some blessings that are there to it. And, you know, in one of these days, you might say, all right, you know, I've had fun there. I'm ready for the bowling chain. You know, that's fine. You, know, you, you have that choice. And so, any, but at the same time, though, we should always, when it comes to the, being flexible, it shouldn't be about I'm going to keep myself flexible because of what I may want. It should be because of what God might want for me. That needs to be your attitude. I'm keeping as many options available as possible because whatever God needs me to do, I want to be able to do that. And so that needs to be your attitude. And so I hope that was a help. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness to us and for your word. Dear God, I pray you'll help us, uh, Lord, to... Uh, keep flexibility in our life. Help us to be adaptable. Help us be willing to uh, get out of our comfort zone uh, when it comes to just doing the, doing your work. And I pray, uh, Lord, you'll help us to uh, keep the bad things out of our life that take away that flexibility. Uh, and, uh, and Lord, I just pray you help all of us to just be better Christians, to just be more successful in every area of our life. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.